2: Good evening and welcome to the Hoosier Auto Podcast. I'm Sammy Jacobs, along with us is T.J. Inman. And today we are taking a look at the Indiana offense heading into the 2018 season. It's a topic that everybody has been talking about as an area improvement for the Hoosiers going into this season. If they are going to come out bowl eligible in November, we'll go into the different position battles, quarterback battles, battles along the offensive line wide receivers who are stepping up, uh, running backs, tight end, all that and more uh, as we welcome in TJ. Inman into the show. TJ, uh, good evening, happy Monday, and we are 24 hours closer to college football than we were yesterday.
1: Absolutely. yeah, this is a you know an exciting time of the year as we uh, really attention begins to turn uh, towards college football, hopefully. Uh, on-the-field products. I know yet another uh, another week in the Big Ten East off-field scandal. Uh, this one uh, at Maryland significantly more um, sinister, if you ask me, than the uh, Ohio State one. Uh, hopefully the investigation uh, that the Terrapins have going on right now, uh, uh, hopefully it uh, reaches a conclusion that um, – I don't even know really where to go with that. It's satisfactory, I guess, uh, and that that program can uh, make the right call, whatever that ends up being. Uh, and I, you know, again, our, um, I, I know that it's difficult for Indiana fans to, uh, you know, stay away from perhaps the, you know, oh, wow, look at that dumpster fire. Uh, but I think it is important to, uh, you know, stay away from social media name-calling and things like that. Uh, you just never know uh, what's going to happen to your school. Uh, I, I will say that I, uh, the stuff that I have seen from Maryland fans, by and large, I've been pretty impressed with. They, uh, they seem to have understood this is about more than just sports. Uh, this is about, you know, uh, life and death in this case, and Uh, The livelihood of of a program, Uh, it's about more than just on-field results, and uh, I think it's important to keep that in mind uh, when talking about this stuff, but sports is a distraction from serious issues, and I I know you and I and uh, our whole staff definitely looking forward to uh, the best distraction of all, which is college football games.
2: Yeah, and it's the off field stuff in the Big Ten East is it, crazy. Rutgers has a credit card scandal going on. Uh, the it, Stuff at Ohio State uh, with Zach Smith yep. and Urban Meyer and then with Maryland. And, and their uh, investigation into the death of uh, Jordan McNair should be concluded. They said September 15th. I don't expect D.J. Durkin to coach this year. After all the stuff that's no. come out. We've seen coaches get fired for worse, uh, case of point, is, or for, for less. I'm sorry, for less, case of point with Indiana. is bad as Wilson was, uh, in some cases, reading the reports from Maryland, it, it sounds like it was uh, a couple times worse than Indiana. Uh, but anyway, let's jump into the offense, today. Uh, Indiana, let's go over last yeah. year quickly first. Um Total offense, points scored. They were right in the middle in the conference, sitting sixth. Um, They were top five passing teams in yards. Where they got hurt was in the running game along the offensive line. Mm -hmm. They ranked 12th in the conference uh, in rushing with 130 yards rushing per game. That was nine yards behind the next uh, best team in Iowa, 17 yards behind Rutgers. Uh, that's just not good enough under three and a half yards per carry so they ranked second to last in the conference behind Illinois uh, in yards per carry Uh, tied for the fewest rushing touchdowns and tied for and they had the fewest rush attempts in the league as well if Indiana's offense wants to get back to where it was under Kevin Wilson uh, which numerically isn't far off you would think if they could improve this rushing defense, or rushing offense, um, sorry, Uh, their passing offense uh, ranked third in the league last year. Their total offense is sixth in the league. Uh, And imagine if you weren't 12th or 11th uh, in rushing and your scoring offense six. this offense really wasn't as terrible as it was last year. It just lacked that second dimension uh, in the run game, and and that is the key this year. So let's start up front. Uh, with the offensive line, everybody's back. They add grad transfer, uh, Nick Linder from Miami. Uh, he sat out last year getting healthy, uh, so he's eligible to play. And, and we'll see. We'll see if guys, you know, Hunter Littlejohn's had a fabulous fall camp after a strong spring practice. Simon uh, Stebaniak has, has had a um, a, a great, Fall camp as well. He looks bigger. He's one of the guys who, when you go to practice, just looks physically bigger. Uh, Delroy Baker's back, back uh, and then you have, you know, young guys like Harry Kreider, uh, who's you know mixing in at guard. You got Wes Martin, who's been a rock there for five years. So that's the offensive line. TJ, what are you looking for out of the offensive line this year?
1: Well, I think primarily, uh, you know, first and foremost the coaching staff has made no bones about how big of a priority it is to improve the rushing game. And that starts up front. Uh, Now another thing that they have definitely been very public about is how pleased they have been with the work ethic and the leadership that this offensive line has had. Uh, It's very clear to anyone that has heard these guys talk or seen them uh, on the field, they have changed their bodies physically and it appears taking it upon themselves to improve this running game, to improve their blocking, uh, and it, they know that it starts with them. Um, Passing-wise, I'm not particularly worried about the pass blocking because I think that that, um, that has been pretty good with this group. Uh, it is the run blocking, of course, that is going to be the, the thing that we all have to watch out for. Um, you know, I, I, I think it's great to have the experience that they do uh, and I think it's uh, the best part of this offensive line, in my opinion, is probably the depth. Um, you, know, you mentioned a number of those guys, Koi Kronk, of course, returning at left tackle, uh, and then I think your your starting left guard is going to be Wes Martin, who, uh, you know, captain for this uh, this squad, it would appear. And then at center, I would anticipate Nick Linder the uh, grad transfer from Miami. That was a big pickup for this uh, coaching staff. Uh, I think Linder is going to step into that role. Uh, And then you hope that Brandon Knight will be able to go uh, for a full season. Uh, Injuries have continued to be an issue for Knight. Hopefully he's able to go. And then Delroy Baker or Simon Stepaniak, I would guess are battling for that other starting position. Uh, And then you – you feel good about Harry Kreider. You feel good about uh, Mackenzie Um I think that there are probably eight or nine guys that uh, right now you would say, okay, I feel fine uh, if that guy is on the field against a high-level Big Ten opponent. Uh, you might not have best five often, but I think you go eight, maybe nine deep of players that you say, okay, That guy knows what he's doing out there. He belongs on a Big Ten field. Uh, That I don't think was the case last year, uh, especially early in the year, and uh, I don't think it's been the case all that often. So there might not be any superstars on this line, but I think there are some really solid players, particularly the left side with Kronk and Wes Martin, who I feel – I mean, Wes Martin has been chronically underrated Throughout his time in Bloomington, and um, I hope that he gets the uh, the accolades he deserves during his senior season. So, I, is, is, do you think that's about right? Probably eight or nine deep. You feel pretty good about, and after that, it gets hairy. Yeah, yeah I feel pretty good. They, they, you know,
2: Nick Linder hasn't been running with the first team offense, and that just right. tells you how good Hunter Littlejohn has been uh, at center for this team, and how much impro- uh, how much improvement he's been and they if you could go, you know, if you get that center position figured out and Harry Kreider can move the guard where he, he'd be behind step the yeah, you could go eight or nine deep. And, and then you really have, feel good about this line. Um, and I think yeah. that's the more, and I was talking to Riley today, who's been down at practice, and we agreed the more that she sees this team, And I keep hearing about this team, the better I feel about it. Uh, And I'll be practice tomorrow uh, with my own eyes, uh, the improvement, uh, and talk quarterbacks and and all those things. So I I really feel, you know, sneakily confident uh, in this line after last year. Now, hopefully they stay healthy. Uh, Devondre Love is also in there. If he's healthy, he could be a factor uh, in depth as well. And then you, you know, Caleb Jones it can, hopefully can be a player as well. And then maybe you can even talk about going 10 feet and have two units, and that'll really help if you could plug and play guys, you know, in the middle of the game and and get, uh, and get guys uh, some rest during the middle of the game where they're fresh. You know, your ones are fresh at the the, uh, the beginning of the game, so you know we'll see let's switch the running back uh the running back team uh and look at the guys back there Morgan Ellison is back he's looked at practice this spring after missing most of sp- uh, uh, this fall after missing most of spring practice uh he's strong he's got to stay healthy as well uh that was his problem last year it's been his, pr- his issue in high school not all of it is his fault you just you know, you can't prevent broken legs a lot of the time. Uh, but he's back. You have Colt Guest behind him. Ronnie Walker uh, has looked solid well. He's kind of gone under the radar. Uh, Craig Nelson, uh, you know, is back running with the offense again. He looks good. Mike Majette gives you the veteran leadership there. But I think they're going to end up splitting him out wide, uh, using him in that, that running back passing game on extended handoffs. Where That's re- really where Majet belongs, uh, is in the flat, in space, where you can make a guy miss and, and head up field. Of course, you have Ricky Brookins. And then one guy that has been mentioned a lot, uh, Stevie Scott on the uh, big BTN, other writers, uh, we saw him in practice. He looks the part. Uh, he looks like a guy uh, who, who's going to be a Big Ten back, a good Big Ten back, maybe not an ever down back, but a guy you could give the ball to late in the game to grind down uh, opposing defensive lines. Uh, his legs are thick. Uh, he's not as thick as Javon Ring, say, but he has those running back legs uh, where he looks like he can push a pile, big physical runner. Uh, and then you have some uh, Ricky Brookins back there as well, who's a do-everything guy, the most trusted guy on the mm-hmm. team, Uh Things like that. And then uh, you have a couple walk-ons uh, who could play as well. And R. Rod Lloyd, who I've been very impressed with, and, and Connor Thomas, uh, who could give you some depth maybe in games. You know, if, if IU could actually blow out some teams, give you some of those uh, carries late in the game to grind out the game and, and put your your main uh, rotation running backs on the bench and rest their legs uh, for an end-of-the-season run
1: but you know the most interesting thing about this backfield uh for me is and obviously they are a huge part of improving the running game the running backs of course uh they know that they've the last year was not good enough uh i'm sure that that has been made very very clear to them uh, throughout the off season uh the conditioning numbers the strength numbers uh the speed numbers have improved across the board for the running backs, and they really do physically look great. I uh, feel like Morgan Ellison and Cole Guest are your clear uh, one-two at this point in time. Um, I think Ellison looks like he is ready to be an F-down, uh, you know, your your prototype Big Ten tailback. He, he looks that part. You've got to go out and do it. But right now, he looks like he's ready to do that. And then Cole Guest, I think you're hoping, it, is able to be the complementary piece that is a uh, capable of making explosive plays, uh, making that one cut, finding the seam and hitting it. Uh, he's always been a guy that hits the seam very hard. Uh, you know, we are hoping, and the coaching staff and Cole Guest is hoping, uh, that the work he has done to improve his top end speed uh, will be enough to turn maybe a 15 yard run into a 45 yard touchdown run. You know, that's the hope. Um, is a guest can provide some of that explosiveness. And then uh, you mentioned Mike Maget. He, of course, is going to be uh, a player that I think that they're looking to either play in the slot and, and maybe four wideout sets or, uh, like you said, to get kind of those short passes and turn, uh, you know, a, a five-yard screen pass into a 15-yard gain by getting to the edge using his speed. Uh, and then you, you, know, you are going to have to use a number of tailbacks because of how tough of a position it is, and that's where the depth comes into play. Now, I, I think the biggest concern uh, would be Morgan Allison, injury concerns. Now, I understand, uh, you know, he cannot control a lot of that. they are fluke injuries. That being said, it is a concern, you know, and and when, uh, if he takes a big shot or or spends a little time on the turf before getting up, uh, there's going to be a major concern because we've seen it before. Cole Guest, you know, he's only 5'8". I mean, he is built like a truck, but he's only 5'8". and if, if those guys go down, you're looking at an incredibly inexperienced backfield in terms of carries. Uh, you know, Craig Nelson, Ronnie Walker, Stevie Scott, none of those guys have had a carry. Uh, Ricky Brookings, certainly experienced, but, you know, uh, again, he's only 5'8". So uh, that, that is my concern with this group. I think that the ceiling... And the potential for the running back room is very, very high, uh, and, and I think this this group of backs is underrated uh, across the Big Ten. I don't think anybody expects much from them uh, outside of Bloomington, uh, but I really anticipate Morgan Ellison uh, going for over a thousand yards this year. And I know that that's an aggressive prediction, but uh, I. I like everything about him. I think he's a a really good running back. That the only thing he lacks would be um, the the hands to to be a a good pass catcher. But Indiana has other players that are that are capable of that, and, and I do think that they have a number of pieces to complement each other in that running back room. Uh, with Stevie Scott being the big back, Ronnie Walker being the the young all-around back, Mike Magette being the receiving back, and then uh, Craig Nelson and Cole Guest, um, you know, being hopefully what you you hope turn into home run hitters for you out of the backfield. Uh, so I, I think overall it's a it's a really good group, but they've got to put it together, stay healthy, and be productive on the field when it matters, and that's only time's going to tell. Yeah, and, and then my big
2: thing with the running backs outside of health is they got to hang on to the ball. IU lost yeah, seven yeah. fumbles last year. Uh, they probably put it on the ground a lot more than that. You've got to hang on to the ball. It's, you cannot turn the ball over. It just kills this offense. It usually sets up the opponents with good field position, and it's just not fair to the defense to, to ask them every time to hold them to three. Uh, or a punt, at some point they're going to break and, and allow a touchdown. So they've got to hold on to the ball uh, and, and get that going. Uh, don't forget, Reese Taylor is going to be playing both ways. You're going to see him carry yeah. the ball probably out of the slot, um, out of the slot receiver spot, but maybe he lines up at running back as well. Uh, um, and they get him uh, the ball out on the outside, use his speed, and agility out there so there's a lot of tools with you to work with at the running back uh, position that makes you feel a little bit more confident to where they're not going to finish you know in the bottom third or bottom quarter of the conference in, in rushing this year. Let's move on uh, to the quarterback position. It's a highly debated position that is really, this fall camp has really taken me by surprise. Uh, I thought Brandon Dawkins would come in and, and just dominate uh, the competition and, and be the clear-cut starter. Uh, he hasn't done that. He's looked good, uh, but Peyton Ramsey has really improved. And I'm not the biggest Peyton Ramsey fan in the world, but he has improved his arm strength. Uh, he has improved his body. Uh, and, and he looks like a guy who... Is Really, really wants to start in position as well. After having it uh, four games last year, my concern with him again is, is throwing that out route uh, and, and really drawing the defense on, on great balls. But when I or deep balls, but I when I we saw practice when I saw practice a couple weeks ago, of course, there's no pads on. He threw some really good deep balls uh, to where he threw those passes last year. They probably they, they beat Michigan State, they beat Maryland, mm-hmm. they go to bowl and. and None of these questions happen. Um, yeah, but my biggest question with him is, is durability. Every game we saw him get up limping, can he survive a season? And that's why it was so huge to get Brandon Dawkins to come in uh, to just give that room a little bit more depth, quality depth, a guy who's been there, uh, been around the block a little time. Uh, he, overall, I think he has a strong arm the Peyton Ramsey goes a better out route, uh, but I don't know if he's that comfortable in this offense yet. He's uh, not getting first team reps uh, and and things like that, but, you know, he's taking a step back, learning the playbook, getting more comfortable in in a drop back passing scheme, uh, which he wasn't used to at Arizona, coming from Rich Rod's, uh, Rich Rod's offense, things like that. So, you know, Bench, I, I do think Brant Dawkins is going to be a factor this year. I, I do think he's going to – I don't know right now who's going to start against FIU, but that's not a terrible problem to have because each quarterback has been really good um, in some some respect or another. But Brant Dawkins uh, needs to separate himself from the pack if he wants to start. Uh, the guy who's probably been the most surprising – Uh, has been Michael Penix. Uh, He has all the tools. Um, The thought was maybe he's the third-string guy going into this year. You you probably redshirt him, play him in those four games, get his feet wet, and let him compete for the starting job next year. Well, he's having more to say uh, about that than I anticipate. He is throwing the ball really, really well, um, and has looked good. Uh, in, in scrimmage opportunities with uh, with the team practice, has thrown a good deep ball, has learned to throw a change up, puts a touch on the ball. Uh, he can run as well. All three quarterbacks can run. They're all in that 22 mile an hour over club, uh, which uh, Baloo and Ray say is elite speed. So they're all going to be they're all going to be in that group uh, of guys who can run. But uh, to me. Right now, Kenneth has been running with the ones. And if the season started today, probably see he's the starting quarterback. Uh, but if he starts, I think you do see uh, maybe a two-quarterback system uh, rotate in and out. It's the, the old saying, of if you have two, you don't have one, um, I think Indiana's going to play all three of these guys, just based on guys getting banged up, the nature of the position, nature of how they want to use the position guys are going to get banged up and in one respect or another you know what might as well let these teams prepare for all three guys put it on the table i i think maybe now you kind of reevaluate where pennix is with his red shirt if you need him this year go ahead and play him in the four games evaluate where he is and then if you need him to win those six seven games use him uh because you don't go to a bowl this this year. I use dead in the water. So you know what, use him, and then worry about the future a little bit later. Plus, if he's that good, he might jump early anyway, and he might just get three years out of him. Uh, anyway, but I, I'm really encouraged by the by the quarterback position. It's not that oh he's going to win the job by default. Whoever wins this job is going to deserve it, and. They, they've all looked good. They're all pushing each other, which was the goal. And then hopefully later in camp there is a clear uh, a clear starter, and then maybe you sprinkle these other guys in uh, during games and,
1: and things like that. Well, I I think Pinnock has certainly been uh, the biggest surprise. I know we heard throughout the offseason that Ramsey was really working hard. Um I mean, that, that's great. I, Peyton Ramsey, um, I think, has the respect of certainly the fan base uh, because of, you know, how much he laid his body on the line uh, trying to get extra yardage as a rusher. Um, and he's, he's definitely more, you know, I don't want to throw out the cliche of more athletic than he looks because he's white. Uh, but, you know, his, he didn't look that fast last year when he was moving, but uh, he ended up getting making quite a few big plays with his legs before he was injured. And I think that that's important to remember. Uh, it was hard for him to maybe throw as effectively as he could have last season because he was injured, uh, but gutted through it and played some uh, more than, you know, definitely not at 100%. Now, durability is a question. That's true. Uh, but Indiana has three of these guys, and I'm at the point now, uh, I don't know who's going to start. I don't think the coaches know who's going to start. Uh, I do think there's going to be multiple guys that play. Uh, and, yes, that's a good problem to have. However, it has to be managed effectively. Uh, yep. you, you cannot play musical chairs at quarterback and have none of these guys get into rhythm as you try to find one. Um, yet they have to be used effectively. If that means that you find good roles for Penix, Ramsey, and Dawkins, great. That is perfectly fine. There's nothing that says it can't be done. However, if it means that you make all three of them less effective than they could be by not settling on a player, that will hurt the team, and it will no longer be a good problem to have. It will be a problem that negatively impacts you on the field. Uh, So, you know, it's up to Coach Allen. It's up to Mike DeBoard and it's up to Nick Sheridan and whoever else has input in this decision. It's up to them to find what's best. It is certainly not one that uh, you know we're going to be able to call. We can have opinions on it based on what we see, but uh, those guys see far more of it than we do, of course. Um, all that we're going to be able to evaluate, and all that I really care about, to be honest with you, uh, is what happens during those 12 games that hopefully leads to a 13. Who can produce and give Indiana the best chance to win? I happen to think it's going to be... uh, I think that there is going to be an effective game plan out there where you're able to use at least two of them. I don't know about all three, uh, but I think that there will be a game plan out there where you can use at least two of them uh, very effectively and give your team the best chance to win. Uh, It's just going to be a question of... How do these guys round out camp? Because, uh, I think there's still plenty of, uh, plenty of opportunity for all three of them to earn themselves playing time. So, as far as this one goes, I mean, look, if Penix is the best guy, he should play. Um, yeah, if, if he's a freshman, okay. I mean, if he's the best guy and he's special, uh, and that talented and, and that prepared to be able to handle it mentally and physically, he should play. Uh, it's just that simple to me. Um, you, you play the guy or the guys that give your team the best chance to win freshman or not. Yeah. And,
2: and that a hundred percent has speed. the attitude of the coaches. Now talking about the speed again, you know, Peyton Ramsey, it's not sneaky speed, but he's, deceivingly fast you're like, he's 10 yards down the field before you even realize that he's running um running full speed he saw that against Virginia he saw a hole he got there he scored the touchdown and, and you know that that's what he does And Brent and it's smooth yeah. that's the kind of speed that Peyton Ramsey has he has smooth acceleration and he just hits the hole and goes Brandon Dawkins same way you can See him in drills. He has that smooth stride, and it's it's just it's really fun to watch him um, doing during these scramble drills, just accelerate, decelerate, and all those things. Just because it's so smooth. Penix, while he does have the speed, seems to be more of a pocket passer, run second. Uh, it's not clunky. It, anybody running twenty two miles an hour at some point, it's not a clunky runner. But he's definitely a guy right. who's who's going to run second and pass first. So there's definitely a way to use, you know, two of these guys. Maybe they even have a package where you have four quarterbacks on the field if you count Reese Taylor. Uh, just the, the amount of stuff that you could do once everybody gets the base offense down is going to be tremendous. Uh, you, you know, Brandon Dawkins is 6'4". He has tremendous athletic ability. You could stick him out at wide receiver if you wanted to and maybe have Penix and, and uh, Pete Ramsey in the backfield with Reese Taylor in, in the slot and um and Brandon Dawkins uh why who knows uh what what's gonna happen with that but there are so many yep. you know nice little gadget pieces that everybody should have plenty of playing time uh by there but yeah you gotta settle on a guy uh and just based on maybe Dawkins being the senior. Starting the season on the road, uh, that he will be the guy, and you sprinkle in uh, Ramsey and Penix. I, I don't expect it to be a close game at uh, Florida International. It's a good opportunity to give get let Dawkins get the lead, or let whoever the starter is get the lead, um, and pad the lead enough to where you feel comfortable bringing in these other guys and 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 play them and get their feet wet because. You know, Peyton Ramsey, as much as he played last year, still has only played in nine games. And Michael Penix hasn't played in any games. So uh, those are the things that that I would like to see out of this non-conference schedule. But the quarterback position, I I feel a little bit better uh, now in terms of talent-wise. I I think they're really a lot better. Penix is the best arm, of course. But Peyton Ramsey has really improved himself. He's thrown him back into the mix uh, for the starting job. And we'll see. Brandon Dawkins got to learn that playbook. Uh, got to, you know, got got to get going as as the thing. He he's got to feel a little sense of urgency. Uh, giving up first team reps to to true refreshment. So uh, we will see where that go, where there go uh, where that goes. And let's talk about the guys they're going to the ball to. Uh, I think this wide receiver core is going to be sneaky good. Uh, there's a lot of unproven talent. They have a lot of guys coming back from injury as well. Uh, but if these guys stay, if Nick Westbrook, Donovan Hale, and Jason Harris stay healthy, uh, and Wap Fillier continues to develop, uh, and, and Miles Marshall has had a fantastic fall camp, if he continues to develop, Ty Freifogel continues to, to uh, his upward trend a little bit, you have a really sneaky good uh Receiving core, you got Jacoby Hewitt, Nick, and Luke Timmy, and of course, is, is Mr. Reliable in there uh, as well. So now you're looking at six, seven, eight guys. When maybe you're thinking, oh Who you God, Who, who's you know, after Timmy, and who's the who's going to be the guy?" Um, and and Wop, but Nick Westbrook uh, looks to be back. He's another guy who's over that 22 miles an hour um, range. Wop failure is going to be a star. I, I really think he's going to yes. be a star in the slot. Uh, and he'll help stretch that uh, offense as well. Luke Timion, while his his total yardage numbers might not be fantastic, he's kind of the, he's the Wayne Crabat of this offense uh, to go back to the to mid-90s Jets. He's the guy when you need a catch and you need 10, 12 yards, you're going to throw him the ball because uh, you trust him that much. Uh you know, we saw what Donovan Hale could do in flashes last year against Ohio State. He's an elite athlete. Uh, he just needs to stay healthy and, and get back to 100%. If Westbrook looks good. Uh, we'll see. And and the surprise of camp for me in the wide receiver room is Jason Harris. Uh, I never questioned his talent. Uh, I I thought maybe he could have been used at wide receiver a little bit more last year. Ended up busting his knee again. But he looks to be back. He's on a pitch count. Uh, They know what he can do. He doesn't really need to to be subjected to a lot of contact. They want to keep him fresh. But, man, he has looked good uh, the first couple weeks of camp at the wide receiver position. I don't know. I highly doubt that they will use him on punt return and subject him to that risk because he can be that good of a weapon saw it in 2014 uh, as he was you know a great receiver uh, on a team that didn't really pass much. We haven't really seen that since because of the injuries, but he, he looks like a guy who could blow the top off the of defenses as well. So now you're looking at these guys Miles Marshall 64, big body. Uh, you know, he's probably better now than Simi was as a freshman. He could step into that big bodied receiver role that Simi occupied last year. And then Ty is a solid receiver as well. Uh, You got uh, a couple walk-ons who could play uh, if needed. David Felton's a fast guy. Justin Berry's a a very solid receiver. Chris Gajak has had, you know, he had a a productive spring and hopefully carries that into the fall as well. It's just this wide receiver core, it's unproven, but all the tools are there to be a good IU receiving core.
1: Well, I I think a lot of people, myself included, uh, maybe forget how good of a season Nick Westbrook had, uh, you know, a years ago. And obviously not having him and Simi Cobbs on the field together at any point uh, for any extended period of time is certainly something that we uh, missed out on. Um, but Westbrook is very capable of being an all-Big Ten receiver uh, I I'm a little bit uh, I guess hopeful, optimistic, and, and hopeful um, that Donovan Hale can put it all together. And I, I know that was the help last year, or the hope last year, and he just uh, battled a, an injury that never quite got healthy again. Uh, he's full go. That's definitely good. Hale very athletic. Uh, and again, he's 6'4". Westbrook, 6'3". Miles Marshall, 6'4". And uh, Fry six 6'2". So, you know, pure big guys. And then Timian uh, and Wap Fillier are, and Jason Harris, I guess, would be more your, your smaller slot-type guys. Uh, Timian will play some on the outside, and, and Wap, I think, is a guy that they should move all over the field and get him the ball however possible. I know that you and I are about as high as possible on what failure uh, we both think he is a just a, a wonderful player waiting to happen um, you know your your big question marks are going to be um, which of these guys can take top off the defense outside of Nick Westbrook I think the answer to that is going to be hopefully Donovan Hale um, if you have that secondary deep threat I think that that really can elevate your offense. It's something Indiana didn't have a whole lot of last season was a secondary deep threat, uh, and Simi was unable to really get that separation against really good corners. Westbrook can do that. He's, he's a faster player than Simi was. He used to improve his physicality a little bit to get to that level. Um, but, you know, he could get there. Uh, so Donovan Hill can be that second deep threat. Uh, as, a, as a big body, and then Miles Marshall can be your big body possession receiver, if you will. Uh, I have no concerns about the slot guys. I think Timian, as you said, very sure-handed. Watt Fillier, star in the making. And Jason Harris, uh, you know, you can't help but root for a player like that that uh, just continues to fight back. And hopefully he is able to have a nice senior season, injury-free, and contribute to a to a winning IU team. Uh, that'd be really special because he has uh, he's fought tooth and nail to make it happen.
2: Yeah, and talk about Donovan Hale—he started a quarterback, bounced around, yeah. went to receiver, went back to quarterback. So maybe had the previous staff used him and set him back in terms of development as a receiver. That hurt, especially then with the with the injuries. But he's a he's a tremendous athlete. Um, yeah, and. You know, again, these guys, you got to catch the ball. You can't lose fumbles. Um, you know, things that killed them last year, not running routes long enough for the first down, coming back to the ball a little too much, uh, making the competitive play. Simi was as good as they get doing that. Somebody needs to fill that role. Just making the competitive play, uh, blocking downfield, open up this run game. If they could get the deep pass going, T.J., they, you know, that'll force the defense to loosen up, and right. it really, really should open the run game, and that's that's where this offense should be better. They could loosen up the defense. Last year, you could kind of guard um, guard using a loose term, guard uh, instead of mugs. You basically, if you mug Simi Cobbs um, and mm-hmm. play three DBs the rest of the way, you could put eight in the box and stuff that run game, and that's um, hopefully, this year you'll have to use an extra linebacker coverage uh, and spread that defense out to where you can only play, you know, maybe six in the box. Um, yeah. And, yeah. And we'll I, see. Uh, Don't forget uh, Reese Taylor yeah. at, at wide receiver as well. Um, That's, true. He, That's uh, true. Another guy you could put in the slot, get him the ball in space, let him do his thing and and we'll see. You know, it's gonna be a really fun offense to watch I think and it's as, as people um as people people hate on the board and all that stuff. I, I just I need the jury's out for me. I need another year. I need a, a see year yeah. two in this um in this offense with with a line that can block and, and we'll see. If if they can, if they struggle and finish sixth and twelfth in rushing again, okay, maybe you can reevaluate your offensive coordinator um, coordinator position. But, you know, there were times where play calling was questioned. Going back, looking at those situations, uh, play calling was fine. Uh, it, it was execution, yeah. whether it was throwing a ball a couple seconds late, uh, picking the wrong way uh, to run on an option or the wrong read on an option. We'll see. Uh, these guys are another year older, uh, and, and we'll see what they can do. On to the tight end position. Uh, we'll see. We got, uh, Ian Thomas has uh, gone to the NFL, playing with Carolina now. That's a big thing they'll have to replace, but
1: they have some bodies and some depth. Well, sort of. I mean, I, I, feel, like, I feel like we uh, almost have already had to replace it last year. Um, we did not get the, uh, the Ian Thomas that, that we were hoping for due to uh, the injury that, yes, he was out there most games, but, I mean, very clearly not himself. Um, and I know if, if all you did was just watch, uh, you know, last season of IU uh, and you didn't have any context of it, uh, you'd really be wondering why the heck he got drafted. Um because he was not the player he's capable of being last year due to that injury. So I, I feel like it's not that much to replace because we didn't really get what, uh, what Ian Thomas will be in the NFL um, last season anyway.
2: Yeah. And that was the thing you saw Brian Watercutter step in. I, and that's about yeah. it. You really didn't see anybody else step into that tight end position, but you got some other bodies there. You got Peyton Henner shot. Uh, coming off a redshirt freshman year. Uh, We'll see what he could do. You followed his career in high school. We have Austin Doris as well. Uh, Just expand a little bit more on those guys, TJ.
1: Well, Austin Doris is a a player that I know we had a ton of excitement for coming in. Uh, Things have really yet to take off for him. Uh, You know, he's up around 260 pounds. So you would hope uh, that he'd be able to, to utilize that to be a really good blocker. Uh, Indiana really has not had a great blocking tight end outside of Danny Friend for a while. Uh, Friend obviously was a very, very good blocker um, that you know, battled an injury that made him kind of ineffective ending his career, but uh, he was a very good blocker, and that's something Indiana could certainly use out of their tight end to improve that running game. That's another thing that, hurt the running game last year. They just didn't get much blocking out of the tight end group. So Doris could be that. Uh, they could definitely use him. This is redshirt junior year. Uh, they could use a step up from production out of him as a possession tight end. Um, Hendershot, a bit more of an athlete, uh, a guy that I see as capable of kind of splitting the seams as a tight end and, um, you know, catching the ball 15, 20 yards down the field. Uh another guy that follows in that line would be TJ Ivey. Um, and then the true freshman that they brought in besides Ivey would be Matt Bjorsen, uh, who, again, a bit more of a blocker uh, in high school. Could he turn into an athletic wide receiving tight end? Sure, yeah, he could. But I think you're probably looking at him as more of a blocker this year. And then Sean Bonner's a big kid at, at uh, 3 two fifty. Uh, you know, I think Watercutter probably uh, would be your odds-on favorite to begin the season as the starter. Uh, redshirt senior with experience, that uh, you know, solid all-around player. He's got really good hands, especially for a converted linebacker. Uh, kid from Fort Wayne, Indiana. Uh, I think after that, you'd probably lean towards. Uh, I would say probably lean towards Doris and then probably Bonner. I would expect T.J. Ivy and Matt Bjorsen would be guys that you see, if everything goes according to plan, that you see for four games, get some reps and take a red shirt. Um, you know, with all the good wide receivers and all the backs that Indiana has, uh, tight end, no way around it. It is the biggest question mark on this offense for me. That doesn't mean it can't be a solid position, but going in, there are the most question marks at tight end. Uh, I, I would kind of like to see Indiana um, use kind of four wide receiver sets or, or two running back sets um, more than I would two tight end sets. Uh, I know that that is a little bit counterintuitive to having a power run game Uh, but I think Indiana could lean on their wide receiver skill position players uh, or use that versatile backfield. They have to use two running backs um, and and kind of lean towards only one tight end sets uh, in most cases. But I I think it's a a group that could be fine, uh, but certainly if you're looking at offensive line, quarterback, running back, wide receiver, I'd say tight end has the most uh, question marks uh, on this offense, and um, I, you know, you're mentioning Mike the board earlier. Uh, the biggest thing for me, uh, I agree with you. The play calling last year, I was fine with it. Uh, I thought that there was uh, by mid-season, it was pretty clear that uh, you were working with a limited hand at quarterback. Um, yeah. And and that that stifled things, and then you had. Quite a few injuries to work through. Ian Thomas was a big one. Nick Westbrook yeah, was a big tough. one. And without, yeah, me, without Westbrook, you also didn't have Hale. So, two of your top three wide receivers going into the season, at least in terms of outside guys, you didn't have. Uh, you lost Harris, so he couldn't be used as a wide receiver. So, your your passing game is really limited. Your running game, uh, for a myriad of reasons, I mean, Ellison was your top tailback, he wasn't healthy. Uh, for the entirety of the season, at least. And then, uh, you know, he's a freshman, and your offensive line wasn't blocking as well as you wanted to. Um, uh, a short deck, if you will, you were, you were uh, a few fries short of a happy meal. And, I, unfortunately, I don't think all that's taken into consideration with criticism. That's not to say that DeVore was perfect. I don't think he was. Uh, I'd love to see Indiana get more creative, and the one thing that I will be critical about if it comes about, because I, I'm not a play-calling expert, I, I do not know. Mike DeBoard has uh, certainly forgotten more about football than I'm going to know. Uh, so that's, I, I'm not here to say, well, I'd I do a better job. That's certainly not the case. Uh, the one thing I will be critical about, though, is with this offense and the, the skilled players that Indiana has, the quarterback skill set that they have, the veteran offensive line that they have. The one thing I'll be critical about is if Indiana is predictable. If they are predictable okay. and conservative, I will be critical about that uh, because I don't think there's any reason for the Hoosiers to not uh, – innovate is not the word necessarily, um, but if, if they're predictable and stale – on offense, and they don't utilize kind of the unique skill sets that they have, that would be highly frustrating.
2: Yeah, and, and that's what I, you know,
1: my next thought was uh, for
2: India, and this is going to go on both sides of the ball and special teams. Indiana's got to be aggressive. And it's something that I asked during spring practice. We, we saw the Eagles in the Super Bowl pull all sorts of tricks out of their bag and really put the opponent on their heels. Uh, IU need to do this. They need, You know, when it's fourth and two inside the 10, and you're up by three, go for it. Um, inside the 40, go for it. You know, I, as good as Hayden Whitehead is, and he was just put on the Ray Guy Award watch list today, uh, he punted way too much last year. I think he set the record for most punts of the season, uh, and Tom Allen loves to use it. But it's time to be aggressive. You have the tools to be aggressive. You finally have the healthy wide receivers. Um, that's the hope. And, you know, you've got to get up several scores on these teams and start putting them away. Sometimes that's the issue of finishing and not finishing. you got to get up several scores because you know that you're going to get their best shot late in the game. And IU hasn't been able to withhold that. So – maybe instead of having a three or seven point lead, you have a 10 or 14 point lead. You have a little bit more cushion uh, to absorb the, the, uh, the you know, the, the opponent's yeah. best shots and that's what they need to do. Now I'm not saying they should go all Kevin Wilson and start faking punts from the 10 yard line against Ohio state. Uh, but you know, if the ball is at the opponent's uh, 40 yard line uh, and you have questions about your kicker and it's, a manageable fourth down, go for it. Uh, you know, set up a third play, third down play, set up a fourth down play, uh, things like that. There, there were too many times getting turnovers. Take a shot at the end zone. You look at the Michigan State game. They get that fumble inside the, the Michigan State 20. They ran the ball up the middle twice and then threw it away. Uh, can't do that you, you know, I don't want to see them run the same play over and over again. Uh, where they kind of did last year. Maybe that was Ramsey not knowing the playbook. Uh, Maybe it was him being limited by injury uh, or being banged up sometimes. Uh, And then you had uh, Lego throwing the ball and not really a running threat. That that hurt them too, especially without the running threat on the ground that they have. So they need to be more aggressive. They're not more aggressive. It's going to be really, really disappointing. Uh, They can still win six games playing conservative. But I use a team, you know, roll the dice. You know, see what, what the worst thing that could happen, the blows up in your face. And I used to have the history of doing that, so it's, you know, we're still here. Um, you know, it, <laughs> it, it happens. It's the worst thing that happens is you turn the ball over down, and it's at on downs inside the 10 yard line. If you have that much faith in your defense,
1: that yep. should be no problem. Um, yep.
2: So yeah, we'll another,
1: another thing that kind of goes along with that. Uh, I think, along with kind of the, the play calling and with execution and with, um, you know, not necessarily risk taking, but uh, avoiding conservatism, uh, would be the red zone offense. Last year, with 97th in uh, red zone S&P plus. Uh, it's been a problem for a few years. Uh, it was a problem under Kevin Wilson, uh, and it was a problem last season as well with Mike DeBord as the OC. Uh, red zone execution just has to get better. Indiana cannot afford to be 97th uh, or in the bottom third of the country in uh, red zone efficiency. Uh, When they get those chances, they have to take advantage of it. And uh, you're not going to score a touchdown every time. You're not going to score points every time in the red zone. But, you know, you have got to do a better job of avoiding the field goal and getting the touchdown and whether that means, you know, uh, maybe a big running back, um, or I'm sorry, a big quarterback like Brandon Dawkins, if he can be more effective on zone read stuff in the red zone, and that helps you punch it in, uh, whether that means, you know, a little bit of receiver. whether that means, uh, you know, working to get... Uh, a power run game going with a Morgan Ellison or a Stevie Scott, I don't know. You know, I don't know. Maybe it's a combination of all that stuff. But Indiana has got to find a solution consistently uh, to get points out of their red zone trips uh, and more touchdowns than field goals. Because uh, you know, in today's college football, you're going to get yards. That's going to happen. You're going to get yards. Uh, games are won and lost by how many mistakes you make, and that means turnovers uh, or takeaways, if you will. And it means uh, what you do with those yards—you convert them into points. And for Indiana, the answer too often last year was uh, unable to punch it in for a touchdown, and that—that's got to change if I use going to get over the hump.
2: Yeah, and and to. Expand on my point of running the same play. Look, if it's Jordan Howard against Michigan in 2015, right. and you're running for 300 yards behind Dancini, sure, give him the ball the entire time and run the ball the same play. As long as it's working, it's when you're running the same play, maybe going a little too fast and not seeing the defense, and just running the same play because that's what you saw initially. Maybe taking a bit step back, slowing down. Now this offense is not going to slow its pace down uh, in, in terms of going to a three-yard cloud of dust. I saw an article uh, earlier in the week that, that suggested that might happen. Uh, no, this t- this team wants to uh, to control the tempo. That means going fast sometimes, going slow. But not too slow, you don't want to say it's not executed. Five-minute quarters, and you could. Get a three-point lead, and essentially run out the clock um, in, in each half. This is that, that means getting to the line, being ready to go, taking a step back, controlling the clock a little bit, seeing what the defense presents you, uh, maybe good, doing a hard count, things like that. Uh, you know, one one of the other things that is impacted by speed and uh, rewatching the Michigan State game, I think it was Greg McElroy brought up a great point of, you know, maybe this is why there's so many reviews during IU games, is that they go so fast that the the referees don't have a chance to replay it, and they just hit the replay button just because. And I don't know if that's that's right or wrong, but that's kind of – it makes sense uh, as Uh to what happens. Um, And and so maybe slowing down the offense just a little bit, going fast – Tom Allen has always said it's easy to prepare for one or the other. And it's harder to prepare if a team does both. And Allen wants to be a team that does both. They need to be able to go fast, up-tempo. It doesn't kill the defense. If the defense is playing well and getting – IU led the nation in three and outs last year, led the Big Ten. That shouldn't have an impact on the offense. Um, Or the offense – having quick drives shouldn't have that big of an impact, especially this year when they're going to have a bigger rotation on defense.
0: So we'll
2: see. We'll see what's going to happen. I, I think they're continuing to play fast. Uh, the board it was faster than, than Wilson's offenses were. Uh, but, we, you know, we'll see what happens. With the lead, you kind of got to slow it down, be more deliberate, snap the ball uh, with fewer, fewer seconds on the play, caught, uh, things like that. So it. It's those little things. When, you, when you're going fast, I used offense when it went fast last year, moved the ball very, very well. It got held back with penalties and and things like that. So so we'll see um, how the speed impacts it. I don't think they're going to, they're, they're definitely not going to a three-yard in a cloud of dust offense where, you know, there's 11 play, nine-minute drives, and all that stuff, unless it's they're running the ball well. They're up by a couple scores and all those things. This is going to be a fast-paced offense uh, that is going to put the opposing defense on their heels and uh, try and out-athletic view uh, and wear that defense out to where maybe you could bring in Stevie Scott and some of the bigger running backs at the end of the game and start pounding on that, that defensive line. So that's my two cents. Mm-hmm. Be, be aggressive. Uh, hang on to the ball. they got to – They gotta hang on to the ball. Don't throw interceptions. Don't fumble the ball. Now they're gonna happen, but you gotta limit it, limit the damage, uh, and things like that. They take points off the board for IU and put usually put points on the board uh, for the other team. So we'll see. uh, We'll see what they do. It's it's gonna be interesting. It's a a offense
1: now. Have a great week, everybody.
2: Check in at HoosierHuddle.com for all our practice updates from Riley Kine. I'll be at practice tomorrow as well. Uh, And follow us on Twitter at Hoosier underscore Huddle uh, for all your IU football updates.
5: So I'm going to tell it Broomgate, how a broom almost killed curling. It was a year I'd like to forget to listen to Broomgate search for Broomgate in your favorite podcast
0: app. That's all one word. Broomgate. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home. Isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret?